So brought to you live right now from Kumatank Enterprises. We have no sponsors. But no hey, sponsors. This could I mean, be technically, spot. technically, one of our sponsors is CardFightMeta.com, but also technically they're not live yet, and also technically mm -hmm. we own it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that does, shouldn't stop game. you from going to CardFightMeta.com and. Throwing a deck into the deck depository. We are trying to grow the world's largest deck depository of community-created Cardfight Vanguard decks across all three of the formats. D-Series, V-Series, and Premium Format. Go check out CardFightMeta.com today with its official launch hitting us in February. That's right, February. Articles every single day. Pew, pew, pew. I need a good sound effect. Let's go! There we go. There we go. There we go. com. everybody. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Alright. That's 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 the ad break. Are <laughs> <laughs> still working our way through V-Series with the other reveals? No. Uh, I mean, unless, unless there's one that you really, really feel passionate about. If not, we're going to move on to the next thing. Uh, that's fine, because I'm pretty sure everybody already knows about Himiko. Alright, oh, I saw that there's a 7 attack Himiko. I feel like that's meta-related, so if anybody on the stream has an idea or has researched that, let's talk about that. If not, we can save it for the next episode. 7 yeah, attack Himiko. Well, I was more so I was more so just pleased with the whole, like, the um, actually having a like defensive effect when somebody attacks you, because that combined with brilliant blister, like I said, they're they're th they're thinking a little bit more for V nowadays. But we can say that for later. Another day, another time. Here we go. Let's talk about the drama, and then we'll end uh, on uh, some of the huge huge reveals that happened today on Tuesday, but we can't talk about Tuesday without talking about Saturday. And I'm going to let JJ <laughs> do a good recap of the Saturday. Do you mean that somebody woke up on January saying, I will fight everybody here on this hill? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, so for most people who are in a no or not in a no... I'll tell you a little bit about a content creator. Or actually, he doesn't really call himself that. A, a internet personality. Yes, let's leave that one on better. That's a good one. A internet we'll personality. Say... Hmm? I, I think that's a good descriptor for him. He's a, he's definitely an internet personality. Yeah, it's an internet personality by the name of Maxime Solom. Solom Vanguard is from Belgium, content creator from there. He has been doing a whole lot of awesome work with uh, teaching people the competitive aspects of the game, teaching them how the game works, um, and helping them out. Uh, right now he is been, I wouldn't say under fire, but a lot of people are kind of big baby rage mad about it. That the fact he has been saying, well, y'all are idiots if y'all think that overtriggers are balanced. And everybody's like, whoa, Solemn, you can't say that. But he said, yes, but I do, though. <laughs> he, just shot, he, just shot, he just shot at everybody. And it was very, it was an interesting thing. And then he made a tweet longer, I think, 
I think sometime during this week, a couple days after, explaining his thought process behind it. So one thing I also need to add to that as well is one thing you guys got to know as Europeans, I might be civil as a person when in a personal, in a professional setting like this casting. But if you know me enough longer, I will be extremely frank with you and it will come out rude and I will not mean it so I will probably call you a dumbass more than once <laughs> because if I see something, you're doing something and I think you're a dumbass, I'll call you a dumbass. And that's the European mentality of dealing with things. And he thinks that a lot of people are being dumbasses. <laughs> so the, the big consensus is, is currently is like it is the over trigger versus not over trigger situation, whether or not over triggers are healthy for the format or not. I think the overtrigger is life, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. but I have a totally different like mindset when it comes to competitive anger than Solemn. Like I agree with him on a lot of his points, but mm-hmm. my firm belief of the thing that's holding back competitive anger is re- honestly not the mm-hmm. overtrigger because the overtrigger didn't exist before so then we have to dissect what was ultimately holding back vanguard and from being from working at one of the biggest distrib- distributors of uh trading card game product at one point mm-hmm. and while working there being surrounded by 10 year uh, 10 year plus veterans of Magic the Gathering, of Yu-Gi-Oh and everything. The consensus that I always got from why they disliked Cardfight Vanguard was the lack thereof interaction. So my gauge of what will put Cardfight Vanguard into being um, saw seen as competitive as uh, Pokemon, as Yu-Gi-Oh, as Magic the Gathering, as how Flesh and Blood walked directly into the door, into the competitive scene, Cardfight Vanguard's lack thereof of interaction is why it is not competitive. And at the core, that's the trigger. But that's the best thing about the game. So if the best thing about the game is one of the biggest reasons why people will not play it competitively then you ha- I, I feel that you have to then adjust the game to keep the game's identity, but to add a competitive uh, element to it of interaction. So it's, it's just gonna, it's, it, it, it's happened before with, um, what's its name? The Star Hulks of reversing triggers. Uh, it's happened before with like the witch build, Shadow Paladin build, forcing triggers out of your opponent's deck onto the board. I think if we saw more interactions such as that, that removed triggers ultimately from the equation, uh, like, uh, not Waterfall, uh, Hmm. Nouvelle, removing triggers from the equation, those cards are what are going to ultimately attract the competitive players to the game. Because then there is an actual method of saying... No triggers here. And you're like, but it's a heal trigger on six. And they're like, no triggers here. So you got... that. That's how I see it. And so like when he says that the over trigger is the biggest thing that, that keeps competitive Vanguard down, 
That part I don't agree with. I think that the Overtrigger is the greatest equalizer that the game has ever gotten. It sucks when you get it on the when you get it get hit by it when you are the attacker on an aggro play that you're trying to close with. But that's really more of a premium problem. And premium just kind of got... Like, I, I have a hard time empathizing for anybody who plays, like, only premium. Or, like, bandwagons premium as it's very broken as a format, in my opinion. Like, I would put... As far as broken formats go, D is at the top of not being broken. Um, premium is under the uh, D series. But it's not very higher than V-Series, in my opinion. What do you think about that, JJ? I actually want to hear Earl on this one, because we don't really, I've really heard his own takes on it. Yeah, that. Earl, uh, premium, what's on your mind? Uh, so, as far as over-triggers are concerned, it's, it's a lot, because I can go a couple of different directions with this. In the one mm -hmm. hand, I, on the one hand, this is what I think about if premium if, um, over triggers ever got limited for premium only because of the fact that it is just highly unrealistic highly unrealistic to for Bushi Road to bust out over triggers for their standard format as a flagship mechanic and then can it like why would they do that why would they ever reasonably do that and on the <clears> other <throat> hand there are a lot of reasons why, in standard, why there's a lot of times where people can check over triggers and it doesn't end the game. Heck, I remember Set You to Eugene was so behind the power curve that there was like Set You to Eugene could check the over trigger and then get blown out the next turn by Nirvana just doing Nirvana things. Yeah. Like, standard itself doesn't have it. You can still live through it. There is some more data coming out, and people are like really digging into the fact that since triple drive is more prevalent in standard now as a set four meta, that over triggers might become a big problem. But the reason why I am a if over triggers ever get limited, only do it for premium guy is because those are the guys who hate over triggers the most. Imagine, think about everybody who just vehemently hates over triggers and ask them. Do they care about premium more or standard more? I think it. I think it will be okay if it, we was met halfway with the over trigger thing and kicked them out of premium specifically because I have no hard data to support this. But I will put five dollars down oh. that I will put five dollars down that the people that hate over triggers, like our good boy Solemn, are mostly premium focused. And of course, people that. will be like, over triggers are a standard. I mean, over triggers are a Vanguard problem, not just a premium problem. Mm. But you have to look on the other side of the scale. People go to back, people go to war about over triggers, and they're like, oh, people who are okay with over triggers don't care about the game. Even though you yourself just listed reasons why over triggers just aren't the like nail in a coffin for any sort of like meaningful play in Vanguard. Like the people who hate over triggers are premium players, so get rid of over triggers and premium. That is my very personal opinion. And that makes sense because premium, out of all the formats, has the most interaction available. Like if you're playing on high tier premium, which everything within high tier premium has access to, um, 
good interaction draw. They can do everything that is inherently good in the format really well. And they all stand out by their own unique ways. So I, I could get behind the whole... I do agree. Like, we should just give them what they want. Take the over-trigger yeah. out of premium format. It really doesn't add anything. It, the over-trigger in premium format doesn't add as much as the actual cards from Overdress. And therefore, I feel it doesn't really... It doesn't define it. Like, Overdress is best defined by, like, the different nation cards that end up getting splashed into already existing clan builds in premium mm -hmm. format. The Overtrigger, while it's an, a great equalizer in D format, in premium format, it takes away the one reason why a lot of these competitive players would play, as I said earlier. The interaction. There's no more interaction after the Overtrigger gets checked. Mm-hmm. And honestly... Like, just the backpedal would be for just five seconds. Like, Brilliant Blister and Himiko R having defensive, like, like applications makes me happy for V because people do want more out of V because people meme on it for being premium light. But moving back to over-triggers, I will say one thing about over-triggers and premium. Because co the combos that are allowed to exist are later game combos that when they pop off, you just die. Like, let's let's bring up, for example... Hellhard 8 Barrel Magnus, which once that set 3 grade 2 came out, I slapped together Hellhard 8 Barrel Magnus because I'm like, yo, if I hit this, either you check your over trigger or you lose. There's sometimes in premium where the over trigger kind of balances out the stuff you can do in premium. But again, people play premium A for nostalgia and B because of the crazy combos. And, of course, we don't want combos being too crazy, which is why we had to have that nuke ban list in October. But that's the only thing that's going to save you from a Hell Art 8 turn is you check your over-trigger. So if you messed around and didn't kill the Spike Bros player, well... Yeah, I, I, I agree, because like playing uh, Great Nature in premium format is very much like you're playing as a combo deck. And if your opponent checks an over-trigger while you're doing your combo... Good luck stabilizing after that. But, JJ, your <laughs> opinions. That is, it is I. It is JJ. you. Hello. Yeah, what's your opinion, JJ? Um, my opinion is is from the point of view of a statistician. I I inherently don't really like the, the idea of triggers at all, in general. Is the reason why I also gravitated towards premium, since it mitigated the effects of what tri triggers felt like so you you're prone to hit like you know your opponent became 30 hit 3k or 40k power you kind of already mentally made a note of like how big your opponent could probably get mm -hmm. right because percentages and all that and due to them searches you're like well okay well that that's fair enough that could all happen that's that's part of the game plan over trigger by its nature alone turns that on its head it takes away all player agency which is what i don't really like about it a little bit because it, it turns it into a case of well you probably you know thought about all these four factors before but you still got by bopped by overture gg go next i guess so but i do agree so do you think, like, if the over-trigger had less less than a million power? Yeah. Like, something that was If it had less than a million power. If it was, like, uh, let's say 500,000. If it was, uh, sorry, not 500,000. If it was 
50k. If the overtrigger yeah, gave you 50k shield, 50k yeah. bonus power, but all mm -hmm. of them still had the same nation effects. Yes. Do then you it would think been... the overtrigger would be more palatable? Palatable. But way, way, way palatable. Because there are, there are still some decks like High Heart Eight, for example, still some other archetypes like uh, Great Nature, other archetypes like even Kagero, even like all the other obscure archetypes can still hit, even as sub clans can still hit for those type of different numbers, like 80k. Like Regalia Earth, for example, can hit like upwards to about 90k to 100k based on how well you soul charged. Uh, but I do agree that I would, if we want to get rid of overtriggers, I do want better uh, defensive interaction. <laughs> then I want, I want ways of being able to defend myself and not get completely booty blasted because, ah, well, I guess I just, I just died now. I can't really do anything. You're kind of just watching yourself die slowly, and that's not a good feeling for almost anybody who's wanting to get either into competitive aspects of premium, free premium, or overdress. That's it sucks true. to kind of just sit there and just watch your opponent play the game. Very I don't think true. anybody likes that. I, I yeah. honestly feel that when we get... I, okay, so either I feel that either mm -hmm. one of two things are going to happen. They're going to happen. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overdress <laughs> is either going mm -hmm. to um, create brand new overtriggers for each of the nations. Yeah. They could do a hard balance that way just by lowering the amount of power that it gets and that it gives. Mm -hmm. Like... The the I like the unique trigger abilities for each nation. I love that. Yep. But the hundred million has always been something that I've 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 struggled to get behind. I see it as a great equalizer, but I never say that it's a great thing that it's a great <laughs> equalizer. But it is. It is the great equalizer. It basically says that everybody has a nuke now. I said the same thing mm -hmm. about with the Xeroth Dragons, is that the Xeroth mm -hmm. Dragons were a great thing for the format because clans that were struggling finally had a nuke. And the best one, in my opinion, was still the Zo uh, was the Zoa until, like, the shield curve increase because it gave mm -hmm. three, na three clans the ability to close the goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> and he said with emphasis and the, the over trigger while its ability can be utility or closing the game the 100k on the defensive doesn't really hit the same way it just kind of feels cheese like Mm -hmm. I like the fact that if you hit the over trigger, it counts as a draw trigger and it counts as a heal trigger. That should stay. Yep. However, yeah. the hundred million is the thing that I, I I definitely have an issue with. The 50k shield, that should stay. The nation specific yep. ability, that should stay. The hundred mm -hmm. million should go away. And here's my proposal. I think mm -hmm. that Bushi Road should make brand new nation over triggers exclusively for premium format and reduce the power from a hundred million to a more manageable 50k to 75k because at least on that curve of numbers when it's checked it gives effect but it doesn't leave it doesn't mean that there is no possible way you can't scale like that's the big issue. <laughs> Decks that can hit with rear guards at like 150k to close now have even more of a purpose and and have more of a place within the format.
But yeah, that's just that's my thing on it. Yo, JJ, yeah. I'm actually glad that you talked about the um, like you talk touch upon like uh, people's attraction to premium and that trigger variance. It matters very low because of the power level of the cards themselves. That's the other direction that that conversation can be taken. Another reason why I think the halfway point is getting over triggers at a premium specifically is because that's what people want at a premium. Like, even though triggers happen, and heck, even trigger effects like the stand triggers are good, people still want them in the deck, you're you're not solely living on a prayer hoping you check crits or they don't check crits because the power levels of so many of the good decks, you just mm-hmm. do your thing and there's enough interaction in premium to get around the opponent's thing. Very true. So it's like... So it's like, yeah, premium is not the format where over triggers, like, are palpable. And of course, there's plenty of people that would be like, oh, pre- over triggers are bad and standard too. But like I said, highly unrealistic. The, the the thing that they need to do is like what Kodiak said, um, make new over triggers. You can have the craziest effects on them, but have them at least be guardable. Drop the power. Yeah. Like it's I just want to live, man. It's cute <laughs> for the anime. Live. It's very heart of the cards in the anime. And I like that in the anime, players don't be checking the overtrigger left or right. And I also like that in the anime, hard spoiler, that someone checked the overtrigger and didn't survive. And that also someone checks an overtrigger and doesn't win. So, like, I feel... Oh, yeah. People that... hated that screenshot. Like, people who hate overtriggers hate that part in the anime where somebody checked an overtrigger and didn't win because then they're like this is unrealistic every time you check an overtrigger the game is over i don't know with uh, me and jj's hexa orb versus zorga game did not write that in the stars (laughs) you brought up another good point Mm -hmm. just to segue away for overtriggers for about 30 seconds you brought up defensive options this is what i truly want at a standard so, you know how Blitz Orders are once-per-turn cards that you can use in your opponent's turn? Mm-hmm. Why are cards hard once-per-turns? So they're not busted. Well, usually cards are hard once-per-turns because they would be busted if you can do them more than once, which means Very true. cards like, like, like Pokemon, the trainer supporters, mm-hmm. um, the most famous one, Professor Sycamore, Professor Oak, drop yep. your hand and draw seven cards. That is an inherently powerful effect that you can only do once per turn on a card category that oh, only lets you play it once per turn. So if we if had a Professor out, Sycamore in this game, holy crap. Yeah, Pokemon's <laughs> on a different axis as far as like hand and card advantage. But here's the deal. If blitz orders are once per turn, there should be more than two good blitz orders currently in the game. <laughs> That so is, here's, and here's the got picture. a point. You know what made me mad in set three spoilers? You get Eugene gets a blitz order that can kill a rear guard, except it has to be back row and after the battle. Bruh, it is Eugene. He is the guy who is supposed to retire things. Just give Eugene, and, and even if you don't want to give Dragon Empire a blitz order, that's Janelle Griffin. Give Eugene it. Like Nirvana will be fine. Being a main character deck, Overlord <laughs> players just want to play Overlord, so they just want to restand the Vanguard. They're not going to super miss out on the Denial Griffin order. And of course, the Arms deck is busy just living out Monster Hunter dreams, but in card game form. 
So Yo, if they give that girl a saxophone, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm <God>. done. <laughs> What's her name? Bass Bar- I I don't know how to say her name. I know her about it. When people are going on and on about overtrigger the standard, that's not mm-hmm. the hill I want to die on. I want to fight for better blitz orders because even though Vanguard doesn't like interaction is nice and Vanguard doesn't need like the craziest level of interactions, but you mm-hmm. need your blitz orders to be inherently once per turn, so make more than two good blitz orders because there's the one for prison, which is pretty good. It rewards you for doing your deck's job. You're trying to imprison. You're playing the stuff that imprisons from dropping off top of the deck. So when your opponent is like, I'm going to swing at you with a Lenard. You make that Lenard negative six for the whole turn. And then, of course, Stoikea has Ghost Chase, which the Stoikea decks are finding less and less room in the deck now for. But Ghost Chase is an inherently good blitz order. You get a, You bounce something back to hand. Like, there's been plenty of times in set one meta where I top deck my overtrigger off like a superior call skill, and I'd be like, well, at least I could just ghost chase this back to my hand for a pre PG, or even rush with a PG and it ghost chase it back into your hand. Like, there should be more than two good blitz orders. It's very true. Like, I hard agree with this. I also think that, like, blitz orders should be once per turn of the same name. But you should be able to play as many blitz orders during the uh, your opponent's turn. That's assuming. I would say that's a hill to tackle when there's more than two get blitz orders. Because right now, right now you do see some. Now I I meme and say there's only two good blitz orders. But Bruce players who want to live against other Bruce players started to play their 20k shield order, which of course isn't fancy, but shield value lets you live. So you can go second as Bruce against another Bruce and, well, clap back. So, like, people do use Blitz Orders, but for being once-per-turn cards, they don't have to be flat shields, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and this is the Vanguard Boomer talking. When I, got, when I played all through G format and we got these shiny new G guards, like the, like the great nature G guard that made it so I couldn't punch Kodiak's board with the goddamn Narakami deck. Leave my shit alone. <laughs> and I want more of those kind of cards. Yeah. Where you're like, uh, do I commit cards to this board right now? Because if I do that, I'll probably get punished for it sort of thing. And we don't... And that's the thing with those type of things. Because, like, okay, overall... My actual take on overtriggers, I'm ambivalent about it. I couldn't care, couldn't care less. It, they exist because they exist. If they get banned, they get banned. I, I really don't care. <laughs> but is the point of the discussion, the, the, the argument about whether or not they're healthy? I don't think they're that healthy at the moment, unless we have capabilities of doing the same thing as what Earl mentioned. And that's kind of where I stand on it. I can oh, yeah. I can say because, that as well, too. Yeah, because, like, say Eugene literally had Denial Griffin as a blitz order, and then somebody was just like, herpaderpader, I used my either Cray Elemental or Lyrical Monasterio or what's another good, um, Lenard. the, um, st- oh. the Stoikea one, and I'm like, I bluffed my rear guard to 100 million. Or the, 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 the big daddy of them all, the Brantgate one, which mm. is like booty blast anybody like like basically vanguard is a game about hedging your bets 
the fact that everybody has a one in a car nuke in their deck is one thing but like you still need to be able to do something about your opponent that's why that's why instead of me being mad at over triggers i'm mad <laughs> at i'm mad at the dearth of like crazy blitz or and i don't need nothing super broken that tells your opponent you can't play the game or something but like hell considering i do not believe a mega colony riot line should be in stoichia i do think you can fit stun effects on stoichia blitz orders though oh yeah just put a bug on there and just be like yeah this bug told you you couldn't get back up or yeah something. i totally agree on that like um use the clan identities in in more unique ways going forward give yeah, us uh, some I guess I'll use this to segue into talking about the big announcements because I feel like we're going to be over here speculating for a hard minute on every single one of these. So let's start with the announcement of DBT 05 Awakening of the Twin Blades. I mean, Rival Warlords Part 1, which has a part one in it. <laughs> that part made me go like, huh? <laughs> We're getting a sequel to this? <laughs> so I can only imagine that the sequel is going to have, that the rival warlords is less about uh, Overlord, um, MLB, and also uh, PBO. And it's actually more about the story that Bushiroad announced at the winter presentation that would be happening, the lore story essentially. That would essentially be following different characters because those same characters get revealed as cards in this set. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk to the two people who are super duper hype about the end returning to the game, Blaster Blade returning to the game, and also PBO, Earl and JJ. Cause I'm over here like, uh, I, I guess I could have played Overlord. But I'm still not feeling it. I'm not <laughs> feeling it. I'm not feeling it, Mr. Krabs. I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of like, I I kind of left him in V Premium. And I kind of came to Overdress hoping he'd stay in the backyard. But he, he walked back out. And he has a beer in his hand. And I'm not feeling I'm not feeling <laughs> I don't like no. it. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling it either because because of the way the nations blend the clans. Now, uh, a slight segue. You know how you used to build your decks that were meant to win and your fun decks and pretty much every fun deck you ever built was because you liked the art? Yeah. yeah. In standard, I no longer have to build a Pale Moon deck, a Spike Bros deck, and a Gears deck. I literally just play Bruce and I get my gear heads, my clowns, and my sports ball. So like going like in like so I'm just not hyped about encounter cards where their decks are more or less just the old clans. And granted, there's stuff in Phantom Blaster Dragon that you can blend with. There's some shenanigans builds you can do with there. Same thing with Overlord, but me personally, I'm I'm not feeling it either. But Vanguard is a ten year old game. Nostalgia yeah. sells. They're gonna keep yeah. putting Blaster Blade in, they're gonna keep putting Overlord in. I'm fine with that. But your old make your money. Yeah. yeah. The heaviest side, you were just like, fuck capitalism, man. <laughs> but I mean, okay, let's talk about the nostalgia factor of this. I think it's really cool that they're taking advantage of using the 10th year anniversary 
to hide to to do like not a sequel set but like a uh homage set to one of the biggest selling sets and the most popular set arguably of all of card fight vanguard which was awakening of twin blades and it brought some of the most staple cards that frankly the game would not have had the well the whales and the hype that it has behind it if it were not for these three boss units it's essentially this game's um celtic warrior the i mean red eyes black dragon um fucking dark dark magician (laughs) and also uh blue eyes white dragon well i had to think really hard to remember those Yu-Gi-Oh names (laughs) oh for me i i only remember the meta cards so all you were just like cyan that's all it came to my mind well we're talking about like as a side as an aside to explain my point is one of the one of the weakest things about card fight vanguard is the anime is not a household name still it's been 10 years that this anime has been going on they have arguably like a few characters that hit every single mark of like card game tropes but it just hasn't ever hit that same kind of like hype as Yu-Gi-Oh has ever been. So yeah, like, I will say this though. I, I will say this about the household name though. I'm, I I don't like cutting people off, but mm-hmm. I have heard some anti-tubers reference Carfight Vanguard like the guy Mother's Basement when he kind of talked about what he wants out of card game anime to be more about chilling and playing card games. Mm-hmm. He actually brought up Vanguard. Like, you know, because before Vanguard gets into its, like, wooshy wooshy right quality and stuff, the beginning of seasons are usually the people chilling, car fighting, making friends, having petty squabbles and stuff, and just trying to learn and get better about the game. Yeah. Just go through life. That's so, what really confused me about the hate for season one of Overdress. Because we've literally yeah. gotten that format multiple times. I'd say, like, the one that did it for the longest amount of time was the G-Series. Because G-Series Season 1 is just that. We're still learning how to play the game and figure out how to be friends. Because at the beginning of G-Series, nobody are friends with one another. Like, they don't start referring to each other by, like, friendly names until Season 2. So, like, the other one to compare would be vanguard's season zero plus would be the next one that also has the whole yeah we just stand around and play vanguard hell a link joker arc went about like 12 to like 18 episodes before we even knew what the hell a link joker was so like yeah, uh, they were okay. living their best high school lives during that time yeah yeah, they were happy in high school, and then we got sadness. Just like in Overdress, they were happy at the theme park until we got sadness. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I never really agree with that. But uh, back to DBT05, uh, I think like this is going to be a cool set. It makes a lot of sense why they're doing this. Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of players back into the game that played before. And I think that the arts that they chose for each of these are fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to see what they plan on doing for all arts. Because these are definitely going to have all arts that have not been announced yet. 
I think so too. So that's not the only thing that we got out of there. There's a blaster blade, but I mean, it does blaster blade things. No, we don't really care about that at all. Um, no, no. It's a blaster blade, guys. The thing that we actually care about is what's the real meat and potatoes of the set. And it's something that we kind of touched on before when we were meant to talking about like the previous, the winter stream of the brand new characters that they were making for an online only story. Would they appear in their own side anime or would they appear in the game first? We now finally have the answer to that question. They are going to appear in the anime. I mean, not the anime, in the... <laughs> they're going to appear in the card game first. And on top of that, they are also all ride lines. And on top of that, they are also all dual nation. Multi-nation is here, boys. It's here! We in it! We got the multi-nation! Bushiroad literally walked in the door and said, you know what we're going to do for set five? The gays, everything they want. Whatever gonna we want. Give the gays everything they want. They're going to give the gays everything they wanted. We got multicolors up in here. We get to show all of our full-on pride here in Cardfight Vanguard. And I'm quite excited for a couple of the pairings that they've teased so far. Very specifically, a great two that's for two nations that have notoriously been like oil and water <laughs> dragon empire and stoikea are the first reveal of like dual nation cards and i cannot fathom how like okay guys here's the thing we started the stream out where i was like guys mega colony's not good guys mega colony might end up being good <laughs> you might want to make sure you have your g-zone for premium format because the access to dragon empire flavor cards is nuts we might be getting a premium rule change because i'm curious to see how they treat the dual clans uh, the, the dual nation cards going forward will they be treated like gold cards in uh mtg where they can just be splashed into uh any deck that oh mtg commander that can be splashed in any deck that it shares both the colors uh is it going to be like a you can uh legends of runeterra when they introduce multi-nation cards um, if it is you can only pick two and those two can be in there. So in theory, you wouldn't be able to run a Stoikea Dragonic uh, Empire Nation card with a Brantgate uh, Stoikea card. Would they limit it at that? But if they don't, does this just mean that this is how they give premium access to everything? I think what could happen here is in reintroduction of extreme uh, or extreme format. What, what was it called? It was the old. That was it was extreme fight. Extreme fight. Yeah. And I think how it could probably work, just like in Commander, if you do happen to rock dual colors in your ride line, you can only then use dual colors in your deck. Then you can only use like Ooh. both nations in a deck. So like a sort of like Commander system. So your grade Ooh. three needs to be dual nation to be able to rock dual nations 
to oh, as a way to kind of like create new dynamic ride lines if they want to incorporate new ride lines or they want to incorporate new mechanics. And you're saying like you're saying that for specifically D format? Uh, I could also say premium as well. You know, you need to at least have a specific card that has dual colors in it to be able to play dual colors in your deck. I hope Possibly. not. That seems a little bit more complicated. I'd like it to be more along the line of like just MTG gold borders. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah. end zone sort of thing. Yeah, like I'd rather it be more like that. Of if this is not represented in your ride deck or on your circle, then you cannot play X card. But that also just feels like a hard nerf or something that would just have that removed later on. So I'd rather see like mm-hmm. cards that makes sense <laughs> rather than cards that are like you have to grow your own orange juice kid <laughs> i'd really like that but i but i also think this is how we're getting i think this is like the preview to set six going forward guaranteed we're still going to keep getting these dual cards and that means that they're going to be able to make a higher curve for the non-dual cards and on top of that, they're going to throw in a lot of deck diversity going forward. Holy Corpola. Oh, that's the word of the day, deck diversity. Because the problem that people have been complaining about standard, it's been an unrealistic expectation. But people went in there like, man, but, but we got rid of all the clans. Why are all these things so restrictive? Why can't I just make anything under the sun? And I'm like... The beginnings of formats are not friendly to Johnny's. Y'all know the difference between Johnny's, Timmy's, and Spikes? Yeah. Explain it it for the audience, though, because uh, not everybody who listens to it is up on all the TCG lingo. Take it away, Earl. Cool. So there's three kinds of players, like three basic kinds of players. And, of course, there's overlap, but we're just going to talk about the categories. A Spike is a player that plays to win. They eat. Uh, they go through, uh, to events. They look up deck lists. They try to optimize and like just they they are out for blood, and not necessarily the jerks, but they are the players who like to win. That's how they have fun. The Timmies are people who look at a card and go, "This does something really, really cool. I'm playing this card." And then somebody will come along the way and be like, but that car isn't all that good. No, I'm playing Flagbird. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you're putting them on blast like that. That's, yeah. Fair enough. Hey, I have hope because they can make Flagbird good. It took Eugene till set three before he wasn't a meme and he was just an okay, like mid tier deck. They sure. can make Flagbird playable. But anywho, the last person, the Johnny is the freaking mad scientist the brewer the one that wants to do something that nobody else before has done before they want to take cards that they want to take and blend cards that spikes would never do because spikes are too busy about worry about winning instead of being creative and they would, wouldn't do what timmy's do because timmy's probably kind of only care about like one or two cards but they're the guys who they just want to mix and match whatever they want and Standard has not been friendly to mixing and matching because to maintain balance in Standard and not be, have it be too homogenous immediately, a lot of cards have been restricted to certain grade threes. And that's one thing people kind of slept on when they were like, oh, we can't mix and match whatever we want. 
that's that's the way to make stuff homogenous real fast. Like, especially because some ride lines already outclass other ride lines. Imagine if a lot of the, like, imagine if, like, a lot of the stuff that Hexa Orb uses wasn't restricted to Hexa Orb. Bash, the Hexa Orb got better, but Bastion is still very debatably better than Hexa Orb. So, why would people play Hex Orb? You could just play the good Hex Orb stuff in Bastion. I mean, uh, yeah, Bastion, that's the name. Uh, they did do that for a bit with Painkiller Angel and stuff like that, sadly. Because yeah. Painkiller Angel is meant to be like a draw effect that was supposed to be added to Hex Orb in situations of attacking with like a side lane. Because you know what your top, your, your top two stacks are, but you can't really access a second one. So, you usually put. Um, uh, you put her in the column where you can draw a card with. Yeah, because yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna put it like this: of uh, Keter Sanctuary was already the least restrictive, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Keter Sanctuary out of the gate was the most homogenous. Why mm -hmm. are you playing Hexaor? Why aren't you playing Bastion? Why are True. you playing Phantom Blaster? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you playing Bastion with mm -hmm. Stoikea? Like even though Stoikea on paper is the least restrictive possible, a Zorga player is not going to play without enough orders, and Magnolia player is going to make sure they got enough things in their deck to beat face. So even though you're not told what to put in your deck, you're still going to put certain things in your deck to make it work. Sometimes Johnnies forget that decks need to, like, function. <laughs> they, they need to remember that cards need to, like, do need to go with each other. So, so like, I, I am, like, a combination of all three, depending on, like, what day of the week and what got revealed. So, like... If it's a like new set, yeah, if it's, like, a new set, I'm, like, immediately, like, a Timmy. Like, 100%. Mm -hmm. Every new card is the best card. And it, you can't <laughs> tell me otherwise until once I've evolved to Johnny's stage, where I'm now, like, deck theory crafting left and right. I'm, like, throwing everything into the deck to see what works. And then once I've gotten mm -hmm. that Johnniness out of my system, I'm a spike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like a hard spike that works. no one can tell me what. No one can tell me what. That's why like I'm down to two Zorga now because it hasn't not worked now. I'm still Johnnying it, and it will take one actual tournament for it to get Johnnied out the door before I'm like it's time to be a spike. Arrgh! I'm playing four copies of everything because I never see it. Arrgh! Yeah. <laughs> now I'm all like, you know, you could get away with running one copy of Zorga in the deck. <laughs> yeah. So I will say this: now that the ride lines, not only since more ride lines have introduced more ways to blend, like there is this set for Gravidia um, deck list that came out that uses the um, Orphis ride line to get the Shadow Army token for more aggression since you don't have to run as many meteors in set four Gravidia now, and people are like, yeah, this is juicy. Look at you being able to mix and match your options. And I'm like, mm -hmm. with Gravidia, especially her, literally is, do you have enough meteors to hit people? Yeah. You do? All right, put in anything else you want. <laughs> like, frankly, all of the Gravidia support, like, once Gravidia gets, like, the grade two that they got in the first set, it gives shield and has extra power, is a must, staple for the deck forever. Uh, the Great Three is a staple for the deck forever. Everything else is kind of like, oh, well, the Double Meteor and the Meteors are also, of course, staples in the deck forever. Until we get like a triple or a super duper mega 
a mega meteor. Whatever comes first. But looking at Gravidia and also looking at Orphis and Orphis's new support cards that it's gotten in set four, and also the Orphis, uh, I'm not even going to say it's an Orphis support, Shadow Army, Abyssal Dark Knight support. There's not really much other than just like deck space that tells you that you can't run a deck on uh, of uh, Gravidia that plays into Abyssal Dark Knight. Because you'll get bonuses in the later game that helps you tempo out. And you can always throw the meteors in and then throw them back out, reactivating it. It's very specifically, when your Vanguard attacks. When your Vanguard attacks, you can throw all of your meteors out of there. Just so you can activate Abyssal Dark Knight. And once that's active, you technically have access to the Grade 2 Restander. It's a mm -hmm. lot of it's a lot of brain, and it's not very easy. But so far, we've gotten a grade one promo that mirrors the grade one. Well, we haven't gotten it yet, but it does it is getting released uh, in the Japanese format, so we'll get it eventually. Where you essentially just counterblast if you are in the state of Abyssal Dark Knight and get an Abyssal uh, get a token. It kills itself for a token. That's great. And then and that's exactly what the Johnnies want. They want to, like, do stuff inventive. Because, yeah, triggering, yeah, being able to turn on and off Abyssal Dark Knight is something that they will want. They can blend stuff in the ways they want. And these dual ride lines, like, these open that door for even more shenanigans. Because, well, I, I said ride lines. We don't know if dual nation cards will be ride lines. Because then you do have to talk about... So if your ride line is dual nation, can you just run any Dragon Empire and any Stoikea card you want? I don't know if the dual nation cards are going to be... And, well, here's the problem. Technically mm -hmm. speaking, anything can go in a ride deck. So they will have to address it regardless if the uh, dual nation cards are designed to be ride decks or not. You know, It, it would need to be a combination of 0, 1, 2, and 3, though. Yeah. So, I mean, you are right for further. Because it doesn't really allude to if the ride lines are dual nation or not. They could very well just be like all generic with the grade one of search your deck for a card that has that shares two nations and add it to your hand. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, that alone see. would make it hard played in a lot of things. <laughs> I will say this. Johnny's have been feeling burnt by standard. But it's just inherently the nature of the beast that the carpool has to get big before you have a carpool to mix and match with. I right? honestly feel that the like standard is made for Johnny's. Like premium, <laughs> premium isn't for Johnny's. Premium is exclusively for like spikes and Timmy's. Uh, I would argue the opposite. Really? You say premium for you say premiums for spikes and Timmy's. I say because of the nuke, premium is for spikes and Johnny's because. There are five different Spike Bros decks you can build right now. There's five, like literally. And granted, all of them use Rising Nova, but all five of them have different goals. Hellheart, there's two variations of Hellheart 8. One with Barrel Magnus and one without. Like, because, and granted, there's certain avenues and certain things your deck needs to be able to do to win. But there's a lot of wiggle room in premium right now. And premium, usually stuff isn't favorable to Timmy's when, like, the power ceiling is too damn high. 
I'm not going to necessarily say like the, if the skill floor is too high for him because not Timmy's are sometimes treated as like these players that don't know no better about nothing. No, they know what they're doing. They see something they like and they're going to play it. So, but right. I say premiums for Spikes and Johnny's, not Tim's and Spikes. And I felt like Standard has been the Timmy and Spike land up until this point because set four and now all this new news is actually going to start accommodating people that just want to plug and play all day can't um, argue with that like especially and it's, here's a out. and here's another thing where i want to empathize with the guys who want to plug and play but on the other hand we wouldn't have gotten like with the arms deck the arms lady we wouldn't have had a gotten a deck like her if the deck wasn't specifically engineered so you get your arms and you smack your opponent like dragon empire the two two out of four dragon empire decks like nirvana and the arms deck there's not much wriggle room in those builds you have to run the deck's engine or it's going to flop on itself with overlord you literally just run overlord and then whatever dragon empire stuff you want because you're going to restand and with eugene you just run enough stuff that retires but we're, mm. we're starting to get to that point. Yeah. And I mean, granted, and and, uh, and here's the other problem why Johnny's got burnt by standard originally. Zorga. Zorga <laughs> is a Johnny's wet dream. It really like, is. Zorga makes Zorga makes me moist for like deck building. Like every time it's reveal season, I'm like <sighs> Ooh, what can I put in this now? Ooh, like when they revealed that, when they showed off that 5K grade three, I just, uh, people on Reddit and on uh, various other sites were all like, yo, this sucks. Zorga never gets anything good. I'm like, oh my bro, God, dragon. we run in the door, bro, and we're like swinging on turn one. We're like, turn one, <laughs> drop the dragon. Turn one, spiritual body condensation. Give it an extra crit. Give me that 5K, bro. <laughs> like we were talking about it when it was revealed and we were like, yo, this card's lit. <laughs> this card's so lit. Oh my god. I would, like, if I had multiple in my hand, I would call over it just to call it back with the order card. Like, it's mm -hmm. that good. Let me walk into the door on turn one with two of those on the board, two triggers behind it to support it. <laughs> Both of them with criticals on them. Oh, oh, give me that life. I love it and live for it. Mm. <laughs> yo yo and like honestly because mm -hmm. zorga literally says your job is to take one order and another order and mash them together like that's the only thing you're told to do with the deck that's why zorga was supposed to be for the home for the johnnies but here's the kicker you know how i said the archetypes aren't rigid rigid and most people are a mix of all three johnnies still like to win and zorga wasn't the best at winning so for the fact that this made this gave them avenues to do whatever they want but whatever they wanted to do didn't amount to much in the end and set ones in two meta yeah <laughs> and of course they got their foolish burial card the guy that can just literally on call dump in order whatever you want into your drop zone heck you can even put blitz orders back in your hand now if that's the way you want to go just spam your ghost chases 
It feels, so, yeah. feels pretty good. Like, honestly, what needed to happen, and granted, I don't like advocating for stuff to be like crazy bonkers tier one right off the bat because stuff has to be built up over time. Because Grand Blue itself didn't start off the hottest. Like, Grand Blue didn't get good till G. Night Rose came in and Bushy Roll put on the thinking caps. And, and of course, going even through V, Night Rose came back out in V. And then, yeah, Grand Blue's pretty good. But Grand Blue takes a while to build up because you don't want to make a graveyard deck too crazy too fast because you can't stop that. Unless you play an Arakami. But you can't even do that anymore now because of the one guy, one girl who can take your bind zone and put it back in your drop. It feels good. I've been waiting. I was like, I, I want to like play cards against you so you can be like, Narukami, brr. And then I'm all like, my stuff. I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> I would do that. You know what? I would do that shit. I've been waiting so long to get into a Narukami V uh, Stoikea Big Belly deck uh, game. Because I just want them to be like, haha, I have bound all of these cards from it. And now I attack with my Vanguard, and because of all of these bound cards, I have power. And I'm like, is that checking at the time of the attack, or is that just while it's attacking and it can be adjusted? And they're like, it can be adjusted. And I'm like, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, use a G Guardian. Uh, what's his name again? The one that lets me just call two units from hand, and then I just drop the grade one, and then I flood out my bind zone. And I'm like, nice. This feels good. I'm less afraid of that yeah. choo-choo train. <laughs> choo-choo. But... I can play against Eradicators now with that grade one. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's roll on off of set five. Because, uh, I mean, like, we didn't get a lot for set five. We had a lot of hype for it, but we just didn't get a lot for it. I wish we did get, what, like, the effect for the red and green card that would have, like, tempered us to what we would have been expecting from this set. But they did say that they're going to give us more announcements for this and also set six on, like, a March stream. I think it's, like, March the 8th. Is when we get like mm -hmm. set six and we'll know like what's the direction of the series going. I th I really feel that we're going to see overdress kind of blend over to other nations finally, or this set set five with its dual nations. I think all their support might just be overdress. So uh, let's move on from set five onto lyrical is getting more support. JJ, take it away. Alright, so Lyrical has been one of the baby clans, baby nations of the format for a while. They've gotten a couple of grade twos. Uh, it has gotten a couple of grade twos and a grade one. Each of them actually being pretty, pretty decent in any of the respective archetypes. And I think the most important thing I feel about them is they're pretty generic. They don't necessarily need to be specifically played, be played in one deck or another. They're just kind of like just all around good. So we have uh, Sweet cross sweet sweet <laughs> it's a normal order uh to pay to color blast one of the top five cards from the top of your deck choose up to one unit card from among them call it to regard circle and shuffle your deck generic just call something serve something call something and you shuffle it doesn't go to the bottom so you won't have the awkward situation of like ah though you know was one grade two or grade one and the rest were triggers so that's really good how does this affect Bermuda Triangle in premium format? 
Um, Does this it's help really that, like, good because like, you could run one copy of it. Yeah, you could run one copy of it and it can search you anything you want to. It's a cute tire target. It's uh, basically sort of if you want to, <laughs> you can uh, you can run one less aqua now if you want to. Oh, well, there's some flexes there. What about the yeah. uh, the news about the next? Bermuda set, like uh, the rarities. Are those worth talking about at all? Were there any like new keywords and stuff worth mentioning? Uh, there's the LSR uh, critical trigger. It does look like it's just going to be the the same effect crits that we've gotten, the same effect triggers that we've gotten, just higher rarity artwork that incorporates some of the springtime, uh, winter and springtime artworks from from our time. And that's it, really. Nothing too much important. And they're getting a grade four for the starter deck Kyrie that uh that I got at the first initial release that kind of was focused around the whole persona ride mechanic of being able to return your rear guards back to your hand. And they're getting a grade four now. So you might not even need to do that anymore. Is so that, it might just become full on Bermuda. Is that the first uh grade is it are they only getting one grade four? Or are they getting uh, uh... Like as far as we know, one. I think that's the only grade four we know about so far. All right, I like that. I'm I'm happy that they're getting just one grade four versus like a bunch of grade fours. Maybe in this one, I'll finally pick up black and white wings. Oh yeah, there there's a grade two for it. Um, it's a normal unit, mm -hmm. of course. <laughs> black wings active when your bind has even grants auto when this unit is placed on regard circle. You can soul charge too. Because some of the Blackwing stuff does force you to, like, Soul Blast a lot, so... Oh, okay. So they finally got something that will say, like, Hey, you should actually use Blackwings now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> White Wings was, like, the, the go-to variant to usually, usually <clears throat> between the two. Yeah. And that's another... Man, that's another thing where, like, the design and, like, on paper, but it needs to be hashed out in practice, but I'm figuring the next set's going to fix it up. Because yeah. I was half looking at that deck too, but mm -hmm. the only thing lyrical I cared about, John, which, what, what do you think the only thing lyrical I cared about was? Uh, I would say Lorenzo. Mommy. Oh uh, wait, wait, say it one time. <laughs> Brawlers, duh. Duh. Like they, <laughs> so he doesn't nah, like agree with Narukami, but yeah, I don't care about no cat girl. Give me the lady that punches the board. In the mouth. Right, Sit on this board, mommy. Like that was my Timmy moment when I'm like, I could pass on lyrical. It don't look the same as Bermuda Triangle. And then Bushu was like, Nah, we're taking your money. His brawlers, running lyrical monster. I'm like, Damn. That was my Timmy moment. They really did walk in and say, we're going to take everybody's money. Like, at first we were coming just for weirdos who liked little girls underwater. Now we're coming for everybody. <laughs> no one is safe from these decks anymore. Uh-uh. There's a little bit something for everybody. Just like in the Festival Collection 2022. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested Wait, in picking it up, yeah. I don't know. It depends on what's in it. There's like... 10 there's 10 triple r's two for every single nation and d series so mm -hmm. and it's supposed to support all uh both of the teams this could either be where zorga gets a grade four or it could be where zorga gets 
Finally, it's fourth attack. One of the two. But I hope so. I don't think it's going to be a bad card. Because, like, a lot of the holes for Zorga have already been filled in. Um, mm. getting, the trip, getting the extra drive plus one, that's pretty good. Um, having the card that moves the soul and countercharges, that's super duper good. <laughs> mm. That's, like, one of my favorite cards from set forth going into Zorga. So I just I think like it's pretty promising. Greedon I think might get something else that will call itself from the soul after your after you attack with your Vanguard, um, or you know what I'd really love to see for Greedon. Oh, I'd I'd like to see carbon copies of the Genesis support from uh, Limit Break series, where when it's Soul Blasts, you call it the R. Oh. I would I would actually like to see that instead for Greedon. Um, what about you guys? You guys got any hopes and dreams from the Triple R support in this set? Better Hexorb stuff. Guard Restrict maybe for Hexorb would be kind of nice. I thought they had that already. No, they don't. Don't they have they access just hit to that angle? really, really big. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they don't they have, have access... like Lapisto for like a fourth attack. Yes. They don't have access to that angel that... Or does that angel not have guard restrict? The one that gains a crit? Mm. The great no. three? No. Oh. no. That's unfortunate. So you only care about yeah. the Hexa Orb stuff. I assume Earl is in the background manhandling his children. Children probably running around. Babies. I would never. Your baby's going crazy. No, Earl, what are you looking for? What are you looking for to oh. in uh, the Festival Collection 2022? Which is featuring support for both Team Daybreak and Team Blackout. I hope you guys honestly, heard the exclamation point. Honestly, literally anything for a riot line is in a trial deck line. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Because, because, like, set four with the big old, hey, look, here's the great fours for all your favorite trial deck riot lines. And everybody else is just like, oh. <laughs> so literally... I would say literally ignore Mags, Nirvana, Seraph Snow, Bruce, and I'm missing one. I'm missing one. Oh, yeah. Ignore Bastion. Ignore those five. Give cards to everybody else. <laughs> How indecisive on that. Then, <laughs> yeah. So there's a. Like, uh, Morgan there's... does need a way to close the game, too. Because that's always like a thing that you need to do. So there's five, uh, there's five available double R's for every nation as well too, which are either going to be reprints. They could be brand new cards. They didn't say that it wouldn't be. Oh wait, no, no, they did. Double R's are all reprints. Yeah, so I'd say like the double R's are guaranteed going to be the draw trigger. The critical trigger, the over trigger, uh, the PG, and then also the front trigger. That makes five. I think that's perfect. If anybody has an argument against those five. So once again, we got the draw trigger, the crit trigger, the front trigger, uh, the over trigger, and then we also have the PG. Five cards that definitely need reprints. Um, mm -hmm. all together before they start going up 
Yeah. It needs to be a buyer's market and not a wannabe vendor like market. Oh, yeah, it's not. <laughs> you got to have a collection if you plan on vending in, in the D series market. Um, then the double R's are all going to be like two. So, I mean, I think I, I'm looking forward to this. I actually was like asking the heavens for this the other day. I was like, I need more PGs. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to reprint it. <laughs> I think, yeah, reprint, reprint the PGs is nice. But I don't know. The things I want at it are very like personal versus mm-hmm. good for the game. Cause the number one reason I built Hexa Orb was not because they're stacked. It's because Divine Sisters are basically Battle Sisters, and they gave me Battle Sisters in standard. I want more Divine Sisters. For it don't matter. Put Divine Sisters for any freaking um Keta Sanctuary right line. Make yeah. them relevant for Bastion. Make them relevant for Hexa Orb. Heck, make them relevant for Bad and Blast. I don't care. You over here sounding like Angel Feather players craving to have angels in this game. We do have angels. But not Angel Feather. Just play, but there's literally like angels in Lyrical Monasterio. Go play that. I'm a Narukami player that had to go Lyrical Monasterio because they put my mechanic in that nation, so I went there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I mean, there's only so much else to talk about, which leads us into uh, the premium collection. Oh, Premium boy. Collection 2022. Brand new G Guards. Um, oh, that, that's but, what they uh, said? It's 48 new cards, 48 reprints. And they said that they promised G Guards. There are com- confirmations of that as well. Um, I think this might be the set where they could fix a lot of. Uh, we had talked about on a previous episode how to rebalance premium format um, and how to incorporate some of the things that we've started to see in card design and D series, such as the grade four Seraph snow and how well they, it works as both in aggro card that can close and remain on your Vanguard circle to also being a solid and well-balanced control card. Hopefully, yep. that same design gets covered, carried over to this premium collection. Because I'd really like to see things that strike me more of like the overdress style of effects rather than just continuing on uh, previous uh, tropes. Very specifically, yep. like um, ritual. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of stuff for Luard. Let's do something for, like, Shadow Paladin in general. So I, I'd, I'd like to see all of the G-Guards and the um, Strides that are released in the set to work for everything in the clan rather than just one specific archetype within the clan. More I'd, old nation. Yeah, so, like, it hits like their nation does in Overdress, but its essence in itself is very clearly like the clan. So if it, we're talking about like the brand new uh, uh, Shadow Paladin card, that should take cards from both my drop zone, my soul, and from my deck that are grade one and put them onto the board. Do it. That's easy. It's not crazy. And it would work for just about any Keter Sanctuary uh, overdress deck 
that you're now retrofitting with triple R uh, with premium cards. I that's that's my hope. I'm hoping that this premium set's going to be more inclined for uh, new players entering premium because if it isn't then it just means we're going to get a lot of archetypes and restrictive kind of effects, which won't make it very fun as in general. I think everybody wins when the effects are more general versus archetypes. Yo, you have said something about, like, Seraph Snow and Premium in the same sentence, and considering the last point you just got off of, I think it is time to try to make some standard stuff for um not accidentally premium playable but on purpose premium playable like barrel magnus <laughs> hellheart 8 is accidentally premium playable but like but and of course they don't need to do what they did with katarina like when they made token decks just hit way too dang hard but considering they were excessive. willing to make they were willing to make the decks just straight up premium playable not just because of the V's like shield value and power value, power creep and the old stuff, because they literally gave you a stride for your V deck and said, all right, standard boy, go play premium now because we have more than one format. Vanguard, the world is your oyster. Your so oyster. they decided. So they. Why did I think of Captain Planet when you said that? <laughs> the world is yours sort of thing. <laughs> It is because that's what it feels like to play a Stoicheia as a Stoicheia main. <laughs> like literally, like they handed the Nubatama token deck from V its own stride and said, "Hey, standard boy, go play premium. Go, go do it." Like they, like they could, they could make Seraph Snow into some sort of, hopefully not oppressive premium build, but push it along the lines because. I, I, I didn't really spend much time on it, like figuring out which stride zone. If you want to mess around and try to play Seraph Snow and Premium at this moment, would you want Nova Grab strides or DP strides? But, I, I actually think the Victor strides are fine. I just think that all the other Nova archetypes probably just need some more strides now. So I Before. would I, I would say this Heroes well, need wanna... support. Don't what? forget about Beyblades. Yo. <laughs> I still have a Beyblade deck sitting on my shelf. They hey, keep skipping over deck. it. Yo, John, they could do... Yep. I like to use your... Actually, Cody deck. Um, like, Hero, you can technically slap a Nova Grappler uh, G-Zone on your Hero deck, and you still get, like, the buff from the hero vanguard that says you can only attack vanguards it's the like budgetist of budget nova grab decks you can do but hey that one premium deck uh depository has a hero build displayed it's got like one star as power level but <laughs> they decided they was gonna put up a hero deck for premium it's possible like legit make more hero cards and make a stride that benefits heroes you can do it because now they can make strides to keep pushing more V decks in the premium. And like I said earlier, also make like standard decks on purpose premium playable instead of accidentally. Yeah, that could get dangerous though, because V series ended up getting very close to that with Ezel when it first dropped. Yeah. So like I, I, I'd wanna I'd be wanna be careful whenever I say 
I want to make something more. <laughs> Yo, no, John, uh, I'm already panicking for the premium collection existing in of itself because, like, as much as people do like some stuff that came out of premium collections, we've also gotten Katarinas and Nua Dials and Castiles and Zazans. Like, I. I Mega Colony only won once with Gradora. And that's about it. Oh, that's that was that was the most anti-meta of anti-meta calls, though. Oh yeah, it was. Like I want more of that energy. Like for every premium collection, there has to be one hard anti-meta card, one that says, "You better be up on your stuff because you'll get caught with your pants down." Actually, you know what's pretty cool about that? Out since I lived in Hawaii at that time. I was acquaintances with the premium world champion. No, he, it was yes. I, that that is like my my starstruck moment right there. Oh. That I was judging the event that he qualified in, and then he eventually won worlds by hey. beating every ever player with Kredora. Hey, but I mean, yeah. Look at and, you. And granted, I'm you not were going instrumental to be in that. <laughs> I suppose he just did. He just he just did his thing. He just did his thing. He didn't. He didn't need me, but it is some drama. He gave him that, that inspiration as media. being a good judge. You were all like, <laughs> stand up the vanguard, and he's like, I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually some short drama behind that 2018 between rival car shops, but I'll say that for another episode. Ooh, we got story time in the future. Yeah, it's not even something super crazy, but it was nice learning about the car shop lore in my area. That's good to know. Anywho, anywho, I'm not going to be super doomer and be like, oh no, they're releasing a premium collection. It is going to doom premium format. I'm not going to be that guy, but I Mm -hmm. also will say... They need to be careful about what they hand out. Yeah. They they gotta be careful because premium, like like my my skepticism at premium has not gone away since it got fixed. I still wholly believe that this is a honeymoon phase and they could just if they don't watch what they're doing, like like how like I'm glad they preemptively got ahead of that Darmanitan um infant like 50k shield guard every single attack i'm glad they got ahead of that they need to keep doing that and because of my skepticism i'm like i don't know if they're going to keep treating premium well but let's go on to positive i say there's some clans that need to get buffed they need to give neo neck or something like they 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 try too hard with katarina and then the bander but neo nectar needs to exist in premium <laughs> it doesn't exist right now it just doesn't. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that are tier two and even rogue status. Like there are some people who would go up to bat and say Shiryuki exists in premium. And <laughs> there was one person that I didn't expect to say that Shiryuki exists in premium, but they did anyway. But Neo Nectar most certainly did not exist in premium. They need something. That's there's true. a few other clans that need help. Like eh. Actually, the things that need help um, are shorter than the things that don't need help. Neonectar is definitely <laughs> one of them. 
Well, that's because since the car, like, the car pulls so big, there's legit something you could be doing. Like, um, DP, doing DP things, Nova Grappler is a nice tier 2 deck that can clap cheeks, because it's Nova Grapplers, it's gonna smack you. Like, there's other things like Nightmare Dolls and, um, um, Davos that are taking the cake as far as your multi-attack stuff, but you can't sleep on Victor. Nubatama, does Nubatama need help? I don't know. Because Nubatama players only live for the one thing, which is saying you don't have a hand. And as long as they can say you don't have a hand, they feel fulfilled in their card game experience. <laughs> so I don't they know have like, no complaints after that. <laughs> yeah, they they like, I did my thing, and my opponent felt frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> that is the goal. Because, <laughs> yeah, they got, they got rid of the Jamie Okongo on the stride combo, but you can just do... Uh, the stride combo with the new guy that says every time they superior call, they got to discard a card from hand. You're going to take cards out of their hand. And that's what new top players live for. Let's see. All the red clans. All the red clans, except questionably, I will say this. The ninja clans probably could use some help, but everything else seems pretty solid. Tachikaze seems solid. Kagro, good. Narukami, it's pretty good. Like people didn't think <laughs> it's pretty Nar- good. No, no, because people didn't people didn't really think Narukami would be okay in premium until people actually did okay with it, and then people were like, oh, Narukami's solid, like almost tier one, and it's more than one Narukami built too. Because some people thought, oh, since Eradicator's superior, right? That's why they clap cheeks so hard, and then people succeeded with Vanquisher, aka my homie, and they're like, oh. Stun versus is strong, huh? <laughs> It'd be like that. So, let's go ahead and start winding it up. It's uh, the end of this stream. This was a long one. It was our two-hour first of the year extravaganza. The next episode, we will be returning to our regular format of uh, one hour for your latest news and uh, meta for Cardfight Vanguard. Um, cool. Thank you, Earl, for I'll- joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. And also, thank you for giving me the chance to, like, chill with JJ. Yeah, JJ's chill as shit. I think he's asleep, though. We're playing Shadowverse. No, no, I'm right here. <laughs> no, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm paying attention to the conversation. Just, <laughs> just messing like... with you, JJ. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so, uh, that's the end of this week's episode. Uh, remember, you can always hear us on Spotify and over on rss.com forward slash the weekly chomp uh i've been kodiak your local polaris sad boy oh no i'm I'm gonna go cry a little bit after this oh no (laughs) (laughs) all right and then it has been also your lad your round boy the hexorb enthusiast uh, you can check us out on our socials, Kumax Tank. You can check me out on my socials, GG Mr. Rogers. We're Ed. How you doing, homie? Where to go check you out that? Yeah. Uh, me? I just. Me? I don't have any meaningful handles. You'll just find me bumming around on Twitter at Jericho Crimson <laughs> and, of course, online on Facebook groups. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, hanging out with us today. Uh, And uh, see you next time. Same place. And also, same time, because we have our shit together, finally. Bye.
bye.